Hello? Alright. So, the Biting Factory had this vacation package for adventurous life. But the vicious prisoner stole the worrisome jellyfish and the over-optimistic cigar just petered out, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know what any of this means. Um, so I, <laughs> I downloaded this app called the Inspirator Word Generator. It has a little uh, sloth guy on it. And you just click on it and it just automatically comes up with random word things. Yeah, it's pretty funny. And that's just kind of a funny way to open this. But um, on a more serious note, um, I've been getting back into abstract poetry. And it's been helping actually a lot to help me express my emotions and process my emotions. And I used to be really into it a long time ago, and then I kind of got out of it. Just focusing more on music and more structured poetry. But um, I'm getting back into it recently, and I've realized how powerful, remembered how powerful it actually is. Um, and it may seem silly, but I actually definitely recommend it as a form of therapy. It, it's actually been one of my best forms of therapy recently. Yeah, I've, I've heard of like journaling and writing out about your emotions. And that's really, that's really helpful too. But the thing about poetry, especially abstract poetry, is it doesn't, there's no, there's no predetermined structure. You don't have to follow the rules of grammar or, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily rhyme. It doesn't, doesn't have to follow any specific structure. And what's great about that is emotions are messy. Emotions are complex and confusing and don't always fit easily into the rules of a given language. And so what abstract poetry helps you do, or me do, is free expression. Just a lot of times I get caught up on well, how is this going to sound or how, what is this going to mean to somebody else? And yes, if you want to share it with other people, if you want it to be accessible, then you got to do some editing. But um, as far as it, as, as a method of therapy, there are no rules. It's just pure expression. And if you really think about it, every language began that way. Every language began just people just expressing themselves. 
And yes, eventually they got together, made up some rules to so they could better connect with each other and express things so a large group of people could understand. But a lot of times, like I said, those rules get in the way of, of pure emotion, pure idea, pure creation. And what abstract poetry helps you do is get back to that place of just pure expression. And it basically, for me, what abstract poetry does, it's a It's a way of expressing yourself without compromise. Not worrying about what it's going to sound like or what, it, what it's going to mean to somebody else. Just you getting that, those thoughts, getting those emotions out as fast, as slow as your thought process can go. And just letting it come out. And uh, one of the things I learned recently about myself while doing abstract poetry is a lot of people criticize me or I, I tend to be very cerebral. I'm a lot, I'm very much in my head. I like to think about existential questions philosophy and to a lot of to a lot of people that's boring or at least not something they're interested in and I've been told I think too much or I I overanalyze things and I think it's true to an extent and I do think just constant thinking, just being stuck in your head all the time is not good for anybody. But um, the advice I got a lot of times was to either, if you have an uh, intrusive thought or you're having negative thoughts or you're having, you're just in a loop of thinking too much to try to ignore it or try to push it aside as and try to get more into my body more into how I'm feeling and that that may be good advice and I think in certain instances it did help me but one of the things I realized is for me and probably for a lot of people my cerebral and my emotions are completely linked. Like everything, every idea I think about, everything, all these crazy thoughts in my brain are all tied to emotion. And for me, thoughts are emotions and emotions are thoughts and ideas. And they're, they're just forever linked and so for me it's not enough just to say okay I'm thinking too much try to get into my body more I'm thinking too much try to push that side don't worry about it 
focus on something else, focus on, you know, exercise or having fun with friends or whatever. And that does help to a certain extent, but then those thoughts don't go, just go away. Like some, I've heard in some meditations, it's like, uh, just pretend it's, it's a train and just watch the train go by and wave and watch those thoughts go away. And I think that's helpful in certain instances, but those thoughts, at least for me, they don't just go away. They stay there and they fester and they're tied to emotions. So for me, I can literally have a panic attack just thinking about some kind of existential question. And that might seem really stupid or really confusing to a lot of people, but it's a reality for me. And I, it's, all my ideas are linked to emotion. And, you know, sometimes I, I censor myself or I, I stay very quiet in certain situations because there's been situations where I was sharing my opinion or I was debating something and I got really emotional about it and I hurt other people and I hurt myself because of how emotional I got about it. And I realize, you know, I understand the idea of we want to try to separate these emotions from these, from our opinions, from our philosophies. Because that's a lot of times arguments between different philosophies, different ideas. It's what causes war, it's what causes fights, is what causes a lot of problems in the world. And I agree that we shouldn't, if it starts becoming physical violence, if your emotions start leading towards some kind of very vile, hateful comments, or even physical violence, yeah, you need to try to step back and step away and realize, hey, this doesn't really need to happen just over uh, my opinion or my beliefs. But then I think sometimes that happens too much and we over-censor ourselves. We're so afraid of causing, causing problems that we kind of shut down completely, or at least that's Something I've done is I've become so afraid of those emotions coming out and sharing my opinion that a lot of times I don't share my opinion at all. And what I see through abstract poetry as a way to express those thoughts and those emotions allow allow myself to express those thoughts, those beliefs, those ideas and allow the emotion to come out and it's not aimed at anything or anyone except myself and the piece of paper.
once I get that all out, then I can start kind of shifting through it, untangling things, and then making it more accessible and ex explaining it to other people. And then the heightened emotion of it is, the emotions aren't as heightened and as dangerous i guess once i get once i once i express it through poetry and get those emotions out get those ideas out then i can go back edit it work on it and express it to other people in a way that's not confrontational not uh, not toxic but if it just, if you never take the time to express those ideas, express those thoughts, then it's just going to fester. And a lot of times we're taught if you have a negative thought, try to ignore it or pretend it's not really you or pretend or even tell it, tell it to shut up. Pretend it's somebody else telling you these negative things or telling you these thoughts or and just kind of try to push them away and tell them shut up goodbye and that may work temporarily but those ideas those thoughts those ideas are just going to fester until you express them until you process them and so one way of processing them is talking to a therapist. But sometimes that doesn't always work. And sometimes the communication barrier causes more frustration, more emotion. You're trying to explain to this person how you're feeling. They don't understand. They think they understand, but they're just assuming based on what they know from what they have read or experienced themselves. And that's not always a bad thing. It's just limited. But if you can kind of take those same ideas of the same kind of questions a therapist would ask you, and you ask them yourself, and you turn it into journaling or you turn it into poetry. If you have a negative idea or an irrational fear, you can say, yeah, that fear is irrational, but why? Every, every irrational fear is based on a real trauma, something that actually happened in your life, and it created that irrational fear. So I can just say, oh, I'm having a rational fear I should just ignore it, or I just have to step up and be brave. Well, in certain instances, yeah, that's what you have to do. But if you never, if you never deal with it, if you never process that irrational fear, it's always going to be there. But if you take the time, just write out, I'm afraid of this, I'm afraid of this, I don't know why. express that fear 
or if you're if you have if you have exaggerated thoughts of a situation instead of just saying well I don't know why I keep thinking these exaggerated thoughts or these cognitive distortions a lot of the times they call them where a lot of times we get stressed out or we get fearful because of our imagination takes over and something that's actually not a big deal we turn into a big deal well we can say well logically I know a lot of times that's an exaggeration that's a cognitive distortion that's my imagination taking over making it making me more stressed out than I really need to be and I can say just stop doing that it's stupid stop doing that but I keep doing it so there's got to be some kind of reason why my brain does that so instead of just just trying to push it to the side push it to the side don't worry about it don't think about it say okay I'm gonna take this exaggeration I'm gonna explore it I'm gonna turn it into a story or I'm gonna turn it into a poem I'm gonna explore these because these exaggerated ideas of what's happening are based on real emotions no matter how exaggerate how much you exaggerate the reality is going on around you the emotions you're feeling aren't exaggerated they're real so if you take the time to explore those emotions through through a silly story pretend pretend for a minute it is real in the story world and go through it and face it and find some kind of catharsis through this imaginary situation or explore it through just journaling just random just let it let, write out write out the exaggeration explore the exaggeration and ask yourself what maybe what ideas from my past or things from my past are leading me to these exaggerated thoughts and process it I don't have the time. You can say I don't have the time to do that, or that seems silly or stupid. But I think it's it's. You can take an hour a day to watch Netflix, or you can take an hour a week to talk to a therapist, and pay them hundreds of dollars, and they still might not understand what you're talking about or going through. But if you take the time to explore those emotions those thoughts for yourself take take away all the the limits of trying to make somebody else understand 
what is somebody else going to think about this? No, what? Ask yourself these questions. To, how does this make me feel? What are these thoughts coming from inside of me? And it's if you do that and you take the time to really explore those thoughts, those emotions, it's an incredibly cathartic experience. And you know, I've learned for me that that's getting back to not thinking about an outcome or not thinking about art for the sake of therapy rather than art for the sake of uh, entertainment or trying to make money. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And you can take that brainstorming or that whatever you want to call it, that just explosion of pure expression and eventually take it and turn it into something more accessible as a form of entertainment, as um, a product. But if you start with the idea of I need to make a product, I need to entertain, you don't really, I don't think, it's not as useful as a form of therapy to really process those emotions, those thoughts, those ideas. And, you know, if you've gotten this far, you probably think this stuff is interesting. Where a lot of people will just look at this and think, what's this boring nerd talking about? We want to see the, the confident guy. We want to see the, the, the singer, the rapper. We want to see, we want to be entertained, basically. And for a long time, I was focused on that. I, I, want, to, I want to try to be this entertainer, this performer, which I can be. But I realized you can't get, I can't be that extroverted, funny, outgoing, confident person without the boring, cerebral, introverted nerd. They're connected. So if I don't take the time to explore these weird thoughts if I don't take the time to talk about this nerdy stuff this philosophical stuff this abstract stuff that a lot of people think is just fluff or BS or whatever if I don't take the time to process that and deal with it I can't be that confident person that's what fuels my art so I can't I can't be that entertainer without being the philosopher 
I can't be the badass without being the nerd. They're connected. And so, the more I allow myself to express this side of me, the nerdy, introverted, philosophical, crazy ideas, overthinker, overanalytical, the more I express that, the easier it is for me to become the confident entertainer. So, you're just going to have to deal with the nerd. Okay, folks? I get no answer. All right. Anyways, I hope if anything that could be helpful to some people. It's definitely helpful for me, so do what you want with it. But to end it, I'm going to read some weird random poem that makes no sense to anyone but me. It was a fortunate relapse of consciousness to remind them of our fortress, hidden within its own mind, before recalibrating to the story we all knew, because a book is just a painting every reader conjures for himself. Oh man, that's deep. It's really zen, man. What's it mean? I don't know. That makes me feel good.